Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 73 of Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to another Sunday. Hope you're having a great weekend. My first guest this weekend is one of my favorite guest stars from uh, Stargate. I was watching the show when it first aired in syndication in 1997? 97. And he was in season one. Jay Brazeau. Played the uh, the what was he, he was at Alteran kind of robotic Harlan and uh, we're he also came back in Stargate Atlantis as the Lord Protector in the Tower and we're gonna have him on in uh, just a moment here but before we get started if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube it would mean a great deal if you click the like button it really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend and if you want to get notified about future episodes click the subscribe icon giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes and this is key if you plan on watching live and clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on the GateWorld.net YouTube channels. Without further ado, our first guest today, Jay Brizot. Hello, sir. Welcome to Dial the Gate. Did we lose him? There he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little bit of a lag. Oh, that's all right. How are you, sir? Ah, come try ya. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. <laughs> it took me so long to do that. <laughs> How are things? How are you doing? Jay, can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, yeah, yeah, your screen is frozen. Oh, there, that's better now. How, how are you doing? How are things going? Sorry, it's frozen again. Uh-oh. Um, Would that be on my end or your end? Would that be on... I've got everything. I'm not downloading anything on my side here. Mm-hmm. My sc- Let me check this real quick here. My connection says excellent in terms of the upload, so I don't think it's me. It must be me, the bugs. It's a Zoom meeting on here. Um, I'm okay on my end. Yeah, you seem to be fine now. You seem to be fine. Well, let's take advantage of the the clouds (laughs) parting from the sun. All right. So how are things going? You doing good? Tickety-boo, (laughs) tickety-boo. Jeez. I really appreciate you joining me on the show. Your character was so uh, iconic and special to me in season one. When when the show when the when the 
the the series was really coming into its own. It was yeah. it was creating some of the more interesting characters, even one or two off characters like like Harlan. This was a special character, you know, this early on in the series. Oh, oh yeah, it was really interesting. You know, uh, uh, it's interesting because I hadn't watched it. I mean, I can't believe nineteen ninety seven it was. Holy smokes! I know. Uh, but uh you know but uh, it was kind of special because i think up to that point it had been for sort of a serious kind of series to add a little comedy in it and something different you know like they used to do that in star trek every once in a while you know uh and uh they tried that with harlan and it just seemed to all come together and we got to see that other side of all the guys there you know absolutely the the, the, sh- <laughs> the show um uh, always proved to have legs and go in whatever direction that it wanted depending on the episode you know a more serious tone a more philosophical you know and this one was like it was one of those mm. where we we had a perspective shift where we were watching this episode and it's like we assume that it's our team and it's not and this this kind of mad scientist android has absolutely thrown them all for a loop and he and they he doesn't understand that he's completely you know ripped them of their identities he's like why aren't you loving this i love life why aren't you <laughs> i know i know what it was what, a chance yeah. too because there was basically harlan and them the whole episode i so know it was a, Interesting, I imagine it must have been for them to actually to write it, you know, and I'm sure for Brad and to actually, you know, it's it was really, uh, you know, I looked at it um, again last night. I hadn't looked at it and boom, my God, since it first came out and that was amazing. You're always amazed out. Wow, that isn't so bad. <laughs> no, know. and you haven't aged a day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. I got a little portrait in my other room, you know, and I just. Uh, <laughs> what is the the. You know, every actor brings something different to the show. We talked with Saul Rubinek a few uh, weeks oh, ago. Oh, Saul. Yes, Saul. He's yeah. brilliant. And, I mean, he, he took it in uh, in stride. And, and the, he took the compliment when I said to him, you know, it sounds like you're making the dialogue up as you go along. And he's like, well, that's what we're supposed to do. You know, and that, <laughs> that wasn't what I was trying to get at. What I was trying to get at is he adds that kind of flavor to it. And... With your character, I don't know where you're, and I, I'd like to discuss like where where the personality for this character comes from, mm-hmm. the the bubbliness of this character, despite his conditions, you know, despite the the living environment that he had. But I mean, just every moment for him was kind of like, oh, oh I <laughs> what what was it like building this character? Where did who did you see Harlan um, as being for you? I don't know. In, in some ways, Harlan is like, well, I mean, how old is he? He's 11,000 years old. 11,000. But the, it's like um, it's like a single parent, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, parents who have one kid, right? And you grow up playing a lot alone, you know? And uh, <laughs> uh, he struck me as that kind of character, too. Uh, you know, that kind of alone kind of character. We did was so intelligent with all this stuff and everything, and um. And that seemed to be the key to it, to, to me anyway, you know. And it just, um, they played along with it and it was a lot of fun, you know. I never knew before he seen where he was going to go or what he was going to see, how he was going to react, you know. 
little thing is like, like this, like, you know, I never figured <laughs> out, you know. Thank God for come try it. That's what I was saying. It was always someplace it's to always go back brought to. You back, you know, <laughs> right. and, you know, in the midst of something, we, we, you know, you know, what, what should I do? Come try. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, I want us to take a step back. You, you have one of, yeah. one of the longest uh, lists of acting credits I've ever seen. Uh, oh, I owe a lot of money. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it sure looks like you're, you're doing everything you can to act it off. So um, what was your original impetus for entering into this craft? How young were you? Where, 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 where did the desire come from? Can you tell us um, that story? Well, you know, to start off, um, you know, I remember saying to my mother one day, you know, and, uh, you know, I came from a little sort of poor part of town in, in Winnipeg, 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 Manitoba, up way up in Canada. And uh, I remember one time my dad, um, I, I was a, sort of a single kid for the longest time until my other sister came along. And uh, my dad, uh, it was kind of a strange relationship in the beginning because my mother was 21 when she married my dad, who was 58 years old. Wow. So right away, it's going to be a kind of crazy life, you know? Yeah. And uh, my dad was more like a, like a grandfather to me. So uh, we weren't out, you know, playing hockey every day, but he, uh, he would take me to the movies, right? And uh, I, I sort of grew up with that. And uh, I remember one day I just going to my mother uh, and saying, I want to be an actor. And she said, you can't be an actor. And I said, why not? You don't look like Paul Newman. Come on. <laughs> uh oh. We lost him. Oh, are you still there? Hang on just a second. Jay, can you hear me? I can't hear you yet. I think we lost the audio feed. I can see you. How now? Perfect. How okay. now? Perfect. So you yeah. don't look like Paul Newman, so you can't act? No. I think at that time, <laughs> I didn't even know who the hell Paul Newman was. <laughs> we better go find but out. I got to look up this. There was no internet to look it up back then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, thank God I don't look like Paul <laughs> The bug by watching the films. It, you know, it, it depends how you grew up. You grew up in, a, like I said, a rough part of town and everything. The kind of part of town where... Um, uh, uh, it's you, you weren't supposed to do to think things like that. You could ever be an actor. You could ever be the hockey player. You could ever do that. It's all what you're, you know, it's all about keeping you in that one place, keeping you poor in the same thing. Like, don't ever think that you can get beyond this kind of thing. So, but um, I was always just sort of a strange, wacky kind of kid. And somehow, uh, you know, it started by playing guitar. You know, I, I, I took up the guitar one time because um there was, there was a lot of girls hanging around so <laughs> i sort of picked up the guitar and um that it went to you know um joining a band and just from a band to a you know somebody needed somebody on stage somebody needed somebody on stage you know and i didn't know um uh, i really act before and, I, and they said well i don't know if i should or not yeah I, I was you know like into being a musician you know and uh, they said look um we'll give you a line and I said, what's the line? And they, I think you said, like, um, I, I won't use a uh, four-letter word. The police. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I thought, oh, hey, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. I was young. 
and it was like the six, seven, seventies. And, uh, that's how I sort of started that, you know, some crazy play like wacky and his fuddle jig or something it was called, or, you know, so it's, um, you know, so that I sort of started there and just sort of, uh, it took me a long time to find myself okay. you know, about what my, and when I came across other actors, uh, you know, I think, I think one time I did, well, I walked into a kind of place, it was called the Manitoba Theater Workshop. I knew nothing about that, I, you know, and uh, I mean, the first time I saw a play, I thought I was going into a movie theater. You know, and I was too embarrassed to leave. You know, people were coming on stage, but I, I thought there was something really interesting about that. You know, and I went in and I said that to this place, I, I'm Jay Brad, I am Jay, and I want to be an actor. And they said, Okay, take this hammer and nails, go over there and build that set. There you go, <laughs> do your part. That's exactly so. You start down, I started taking some workshops there and just started doing that. Was sort of the beginning of uh, my life in the theater. In uh, my life, and of course, the natural thing is from the theater is, uh, you know, can I be in movies? You know, uh, you know, and sort of, um, I always thought I couldn't, and then I, I realized I would always uh, see the character actors, you know, all those guys you never knew their names, but they'd always turn up, and, and you know, and uh, you know, I had to, to realize that you know, somewhere in every movie there's a a fat guy who's balding, you know, <laughs> and I said, you know, and a chance to do a character is great because um, like, like, uh, like um, Harlan, you know, people don't know who you are or you're walking down the street, Harlan or something. Uh, you know, they're not, if you're a character actor, they don't go through your garbage all the time. Trying to, <laughs> it's the lead guys, you know, and the, the lead role, something kind of pretty boring. So you get to just go in for a few days, work on some people, do a little bit and then take off. So I've sort of been a character act for about, you know, 40, 45 years now. And I, I really enjoy it. You know, it's, it's like, um, you know, not too high to get, uh, uh, chopped off by the lawnmower and, and, you know, annoyed by paparazzi and everything else, but you're also, you know, doing well enough to be exactly to be steadily working and employed. So <laughs> there's kind of like a sweet spot there. Oh, you know, you beat see people on the street all the time and say, Hey, I, I, I know you. I know right. you from some. I know you. Aren't you? Uh, you know, or the, you know, or I said, aren't you? Well, I'm an actor. No, no, not you're not not that. It's from somewhere else. <laughs> you know, no, trust know. me. <laughs> I love it when people exactly. do that. Like, no, okay, it's not it. It's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and people are pretty uh, friendly. They, I mean, they're like uh, they're in Canada. Is still a quiet kind of place, and they sort of leave you alone up here. So it's nice, but always nice to walk on the you know street and somebody recognizes your work and likes it, you, you know, and it's 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 nice. Has anyone ever approached you it, and said, "Come uh, try it"? I've never, you know, all the time. <laughs> really, you know, going by, going like this, you know, like this, or you know, especially after went came out, after Stargate came out, and it was such a popular thing, and. Uh, that particular episode, uh, you know, and I must say, I just had a, a ball doing it. It was uh, working with those guys were just great, you know, just fantastic. And you know, what do you it's, think? Uh, one of those things, that, you know. Yeah, what do you think that it is about? I, I apologize for the delay. I appreciate you bearing with me. Oh what, no, no, what do you think great. it is about the legs of that show? 
I mean, 17 seasons, 350 episodes, something, I mean, and we're talking about it here now, 20 years on. Something something is going yeah. right. You know what, it was, I tell you what it was to me. Uh, whenever I turned on Stargate, it was like I was watching a movie, a major science fiction movie. Because it just, it was utter amazing. It was utterly amazing. The time that they had, they could actually pull, push out this thing. And the, sound, the special effects were great and everything. And it was... It was really wonderful. It's like when you, it's like when you could find a series that you really, you know, like Breaking Bad, like all those things, you're just drawn to it and it becomes like a friend. It's a thing to do. And uh, watching Stargate and all that, it was like that to people. And I never knew that until I, I did one of those kind of little things where you uh, go in and meet the, meet the, meet the fans and stuff like that. And um, the, yeah, the conventions that's what they're called conventions <laughs> yeah. and uh got to talk to the people and they were i was always thinking oh they're gonna be a bunch of just really young kids kids and everything will know me but they were from all ages from all over the world and everything and they knew so much about it i felt so bad I, you know they knew they had a, they 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 just loved it and it was um it, it was nice to be able to go out there and meet the fans you know yeah, so it's and it's a good feeling for me you know it's like when you do something really good and um, in theater, that happens sometimes. You're there, you're on the stage, you do a great performance, you do this fantastic thing you do for three weeks, and it was a fantastic, but it's gone. It's still there. It's up here and it's up here. Yeah, it's but temporal. It's not anywhere in the yeah, it exists but in the past now and in people's hearts. Oh, yes. And I've done a lot of bad movies. That's the other side of it. <laughs> They're still out there, you know. I come home from nice, I had a few drinks, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, I put on the TV and I start watching something. I go, this is so familiar. I go, oh, oh God, I, I'm in it. Oh my God, I'm horrible. Oh, ah. why did I do that? <laughs> Luckily, it's only on two in the morning. But still, when you do something really good that you're really proud of, and something like this, it just it stays on forever. It's there, you know. And it's um, you're still young. It's still it's still new. Those seven people are still watching these things. It still looks good, and it's still it's still. It's still there. Yeah, it's the thing about shooting on film, especially with it being remastered now. Well, it's not really remastered, but upscaled in in, uh, in high definition. Um, it's kind of not exactly the direction that we wanted, but it looks better than it did. Let's. Yes. Uh, well, that's the great thing about film. It just uh, it stays there and it always is. I mean, that's why we're able to watch things from 1935. And that's why we have yeah. Humphrey Bogart and Marilyn Monroe who are long gone, but they're still there. Yeah, no, we uh, we watch um, a lot of Christmas movies. My, my family comes together at Christmas, like like most families do, uh, and we'll put on um, my mother's favorite movie, which is It's a Wonderful Life, and she's still blown oh. away by the high definition, you know, cut of that movie on my eighty inch screen. You know, she'll sit there and she'll be like. Yeah. This is not, it's every time it's like, it's like she sees things new that she never physically saw in the frame before that gives her new context. And she's like, wow, this is a completely different experience when we see it the way that it was shot. You know, it's just extraordinary the, the technology, how far the technology has come. And I mean, I mean, at some point, you know, we're going to have holographic, it's a wonderful life and all these other things. Can you imagine? You'll have our real character, Marilyn Monroe, be performing again. Right in front of you. Yes, so, exactly. Jeez. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is a, is a fantastic film, and it still holds up there. I mean, which is interesting because when it first came out, it wasn't successful at all. No, it wasn't. But, you know, 
but he's a cult incredible. favorite. You know, not yeah. every not every project is captured in the time by its audience in the time in which it was made. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. It's, some of those just have to sit around for a while and 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 find their audience, which is, you know, it's just that's just how I guess how things go. Jay, I wanted to ask you uh, about a character that you struggled with or had to go deeper with than you expected to and found something more uh, out of yourself as results when you were digesting the material and presenting the the material? Oh, well, that's interesting. That's a good question. Yeah. Everything is sort of scary for me once you get older, you know, but um, uh, I'm always up for a, a kind of challenge. Uh, the, the, the problem of uh, being an ad character actor kind of guy, sometimes you get sort of um, into that little, okay, with the doctors. I play a lot of, you know, um, white collar crime, doctors, uh, lawyers and stuff. The guy who comes on, you know, in a scene and talks for four pages uh exposition a exposition mr exposition that's yeah, it you're moving the plot so when you're doing this stuff like a doctor you have to memorize all these things and then you have to unmemorize them so they sound real right and then you have to come on to all this stuff and have these explain 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 explains and then the other character you're working with going what i don't understand tell, tell me again doctor give it to me straight yeah. and then i have to come out and say six months seven months at the best i'm sorry and uh, then they say, turn around. Oh, no, we don't have time. Okay, it's all right. We don't need him. <laughs> you know? So you're lucky if you're still in the picture. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. You're just a guy who comes on and does the work of the writer who was for God or somebody right. else. And you have to fill in all the stuff. And that can be fun. It can be fun because you're working. But sometimes the older you get, it gets a bit harder because it's, well, it just up here like an older computer, right? You have the stuff in all that stuff in there you know and you know so I, I don't try not to do as much of that kind of thing anymore because i feel that i i am that person that comes on explains everything and i'm just nobody really i'm just you know well if you have a character like harlan who has two lines you know you can have you can something can be something more than what it is right and uh, when you find those particular things you know uh there's certain things you are uh, afraid of i mean um I did a, I did about, um, I did about two or three improvised films, where there was no script whatsoever, so you had to go in. Um, I was lucky enough to be in a film called The Best in Show, uh, working with um, Christopher Guest and all this, the crew of people on there and everything, you know. And uh, it really taught me a lot about the Im improvisation, about trying to be funny. And uh, we always think, you know, improv is about going on and just talking a lot, adding more stuff, be, trying to be fun, trying to be that. No, but the comedy comes out of what you're doing. I, I mean, I, I was lucky to work with a lot, uh, do a lot of um, improv with um, uh, Colin Mockery. Do you know from whose line is this anyway? And those guys. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and the stuff with, because um, that, that was, it's wonderful because you don't know where you're going. And right. It's all right to be scared. Right. But you trust your partner. Right. That's what true improv is. You know, uh, it's not about trying to be funny or anything. It's about, you know, this teacher once said, listen, the improvisation, Susie starts about two hours after you start improvising. And then you <laughs> really good stuff, right? Because you're not thinking about it. 
You're not trying to think of the right answer, the funny answer, the so-and-so. And it's about not saying no to anything, right? What's if we're talking about, like, you ask me a question. Ask me a question now. Say, ask me a question. Um, uh, what, what's, the, what's the weather like there today? Uh, uh, what, what's the weather like? Yes. Oh, uh, um, well, um, it's, um, uh, well, what do you think the weather's like? You know, you know see, I'm not getting around, you know? Uh, uh, and if you ask me the same question. What's the weather like today? It's fantastic. And the UFOs are fighting. <laughs> you know, something is just, you just take it to another place. And it says, good. Did you bring the rabbits? Right in here. And then we've got a scene about rabbits fighting the UFOs, right? But, but you know, you just have to go with it and say yes to everything. Somebody gives you a gift, you take it and you give it back. And I think that's what really acting is about, is, is not really acting it's listening that's true and And that's the hardest thing in the world to listen you know i mean i know i'm married (laughs) (laughs) well it's a practice it's something you practice every day um you know if you want to make it work it's like and it's so much of it is you know it's it's not just about you though as well it's about the people that you're involved with and it's either you're either lucky for it to click you know, and find yeah. a, a compatible slot to fit in with the other person. Yeah, or yeah. sometimes it doesn't. And you just kind of have to like, well, you know, we're going to make up this what we can. And, you know, hopefully whatever uh, comes out the other end of this machine is going to be comedy. So. Oh, yeah, I know. I, so it's just you just you just have to sit and sit back and don't worry about uh, sometimes being an actor. There's a difference if you want to be an actor or do you want to be a star. That's two separate things all together. And I never wanted to be a star. I just wanted to be up on the screen and work with really good people and just have fun and just share an, an experience, you know. The greatest things for me sometimes is not even acting on the, on the scene. It's hanging around those actors, like other famous actors or famous character actors and you know, shooting the poop with them, you know, and just right, absolutely. <laughs> and having these gorgeous times and hearing stories, you know. Um, uh, they were fantastic. I remember I, I were... Um, Met this fellow Nehemiah Persoff is a, about one hundred and one years now old, and he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. You know him; he's a character actor. Wow! Um, telling me about the first time he did, uh, you know, the scene with Brando and Rod Stagger. I could have been somebody in a, in a famous. What is the famous movie? Uh, I could have been a, you know. And anyway, I, know what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, bug me, see? Uh, no, that's going <laughs> to bug me. It'll okay. come to you two hours from now. On the waterfront. On the waterfront. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're in the cab. They're going, you know. Okay, well, Nehemiah, Nehemiah or Nick, Nick was the, the cab driver. So he was there the whole time. Saw the whole scene. Had this guy, saw the stuff. So, I mean, he saw history, right? Wow. And it's sometimes... Um, you know your work for me to be on the same stage uh, it's on the same film script the uh, film as all the other people who were in best in show and to be able to keep up with them and to come out with something funny uh, not funny something interesting you know, that was the big thing about that film the guy was um they had a lot of stand-up comedians and stuff that were auditioning for that part and um i just went the other way sometimes you've got to go the other way i remember auditioning for a part with the script right there he yells he yells louder. He yells, yells. And there was about 20, 10 guys there. They're all yelling, screaming and everything, blah, 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 you know. They're trying so to outdo one in. another. Yeah, exactly. Or trying to read the script, you know. So I went in and I did the opposite thing 
I was really quiet and different, right? And I'm sure I got the job because they were sick of hearing everybody yell. <laughs> Sometimes it's like there's different ways to play the same part. That's the great thing about acting, you know? It doesn't matter if you're going to Phoenix, right? All that matters is that you get to Phoenix. You can go through Brazil if you want. As long as you end up in Phoenix, you're okay. Well, isn't it more about the journey than it is the destination? <laughs> You know, yeah, I start singing by the time I get to Phoenix on the way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah, my drink there, yeah. The oh, please, the uh, uh, the second uh, uh, appearance. I first of all, did you expect it to be to be called back uh, a few years later for the same role? Oh, no, and I just I think finished doing a, the movie called Double Jeopardy. So oh, that's right, no. yeah, and uh, it was strange that uh, it was strange, but um. It's like putting on those old boots, putting on that old little pair of jeans. They still fit. Yeah, and absolutely. Was, uh, love, you know, I'm going to give you a secret. I had never seen the show until you, uh, you, you know, you said, uh, do some little research. You, maybe you should take a look at this stuff. And the uh, first time I saw Double Jeopardy was... You had not uh, seen it before. Ago. Two nights ago, I saw it. What did you think? Uh, I, I, well, for one thing, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, verklep because, you know, like, Don, Don was a very good friend and uh, oh. see him up on the screen again is just, uh, you know, uh, it was really nice. And um, it might, that particular show, I think it was, um, Shanks was directing it, right? Correct. That was his I first outing as director. Fantastic job. Because that show was like a major, it was like the Ten Commandments of, of Stargates, you know. <laughs> there was just so much stuff going on. So many people in scenes and that. It, it really was quite an exciting show for me to watch for the first time. It, that was part of the reason why people watch Stargate all the time. They were always given more, you know. It wasn't the kind of, you know, it wasn't like Lost in Space and the little things. You were hoping that everything would stick together, you know, glued right. to the robot or whatever, you know. It was done. It was like getting a fantastic meal all the time. And they always tried to push it and go further. And Double Jeopardy was like, uh, like that, you know. And um, I just love it too. At the end of scenes, you almost feel like it's not over, right? It's just they it, it's talking about something and having all those scenes with them playing dramatic scenes with each other. Uh, it was a bit, you know, it was as funny as uh, uh, we did with Tim Man, but the, it really worked really well, and it was a really challenge for them, I'm sure, and a challenge for for us as watching it. And it was uh, it was fantastic. I mean, there are all those death scenes. I mean, you know what? It was like you, you you saw all the yeah we all knocked the, all of them off knocked all of them off you know and it, it was very very moving very sad you know there was there is a um in in so many of of these episodes there they is did a wonderful job with that particular they do they always did a wonderful job you know and it was a great thing everybody you talked to you wanted to work on them. it was fantastic. Absolutely. I'm, I apologize for the delay. There, there is something to be said about these um, these episodes, like Double Jeopardy and like Tin Man, that 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 deliberately go in to subvert your expectations in terms of what the in terms of what it is you're watching. And in in both in both instances, for the majority of the setup of those episodes, and for for Tin Man more than Double Jeopardy, we think we're watching our team, and we're not. 
you know, and I love, yes. I love when Stargate doesn't pull cheap shots like like a lot of material yeah. does out there, gimmicky shots, but actually yeah. makes you go, wow, I didn't expect that coming. And that's one of the things exactly. that I think the show did so well is and was one of the things that keeps us engaged as audiences mm-hmm. is that it um, it 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 almost cues us to expect the unexpected, you know. And I think that's a lot of what good sci-fi and good drama does. Oh, well, you know, but because every week you were going to a, a new place, someplace different. You never knew what the heck was going on as, you know, in a sense, it was back. It was it was like to me, it was like Star Trek in this sense, which, which started to do it with him looking through, all, you know, and, and they were, we never know where it was going to go. We never know if it's going to be funny or why it was um, it was quite exciting, you know. It's what TV should be. It was very intelligent, very intelligent. Those guys were very small. The writing was great. And the producers were really, it was, it was so tight that, you know. The same kind of thing happened with uh, the um, Supernatural. You get these people, they, it was one of these things. Sometimes what happens is you start doing these particular shows and they start taking money away from them and it gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and, cheaper and it, dies out, it dies out occasionally. But to me, Stargate was... It was, it was just as strong on the last show as it was, always was, you know? Mm-hmm. I all, that, that's what the sheer beauty of, you know, of being able to do something like that. Absolutely. I always like But then to... that started with MacGyver, right? Didn't a lot of people come right? Look at MacGyver. I mean, my God. Richard, you know. I know. He, he made a meal out of that one. Or he would just stay at home and count the money every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's a guy who, I mean, he was, he was never like a really, you know, acting. I'm not, I'm not like, you want to give you acting tips? You know, like Joe Flanagan from Atlanta. See, he was like, you know, can you, can you tell me like, give me some feedback? And that, that's not what Rick was in it for. Rick was in it to have a good time with the material and with the people that he was with on set. And then to go home at the end of the day and be with his kid. And that's, and that's what he was in it for. And, you know, you you just have to, you have to applaud that mindset because it was a very grounded mindset. It wasn't highfalutin hoity-toity at all. And on set, he was like a kid. Where's Richard? Very much so. It'd be upstairs climbing way up on the raptors. Get down. The insurance people are going to kill us. Get the Richard. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Be right down. Yeah. Well, especially in that factory, I can only imagine. Was that shot uh, off? That that had to have been on location somewhere, that factory. Oh, that it was uh, it's an old old factory, and it just opened it up for, uh, I think, uh, we were worried because there might have been some asbestos, but it was, um, that was the other thing about that particular thing that really worked really well. You've got, you playing comedy, but it was really dark. Like the set itself was dark and filled with all this stuff, you know, in, in, for example, you have all this stuff and everything. And then you have a little thing where you, where Harlan opens up a bit and he tells a story of the people who were gone and things like that. It was really quite moving in a way, you know, it showed something about him, you know, he was like a little kid. It was like, if you took me and you could Harlan could have been a, uh, a 10 year old, right. And you could have done it that way too. It could have been a 10 year old person who was left behind for 11,000 years, but still knew all this stuff. You know, it was, but, well, um, it was all he knew was to keep the rest yes. of his world going. Exactly. You know, even though he was the last one, he was going to man that lighthouse until he couldn't man it anymore. Oh, or until yes, the, yes. the flace absolutely fell out from under him, which was probably what was yeah, going to happen. Yeah. So I always yeah, wonder yeah. what happened to him. You know, I imagine he's still just out there repairing things and, you know, but I, I oh, love well, his innocence and in double jeopardy where he's like, you know, 
you got to get these people back. I've grown accustomed to them. I can't go on without them. Exactly. You know, he, exactly. he fell in love with that team. It was wonderful. Oh, I'll come. No, you stay here, Harlan. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> we only got two. We only got an hour here. Harlan. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But it's great. I hope you know, they're, they're talking about Stargate here coming back in some way. You know, I'd love the yeah. return of, of that character. You know, when you're, it's, well, you're only as good as the people you're working with, right? Of course. And, the, right, and that's, um, you know, that's a real gem, you know. Yeah, Redux asked the question, would you be interested in reprising the role? I see no reason why he couldn't come back at some point in some capacity. Oh, in a minute, you know. I'd even shave. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, he'll shave. Exactly. You know, <laughs> that's you know. funny. Um, uh, the, uh, the Atlantis role was markedly different (laughs) and a very different kind of character, you know, and I have to be honest, I was like, to be, to be brutally honest, the the character came on and I was like, is that Jay? Is that him? No. (laughs) He's not funny. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That was my first reaction. It was like. Oh, this is a completely different kind of character. And then, yeah. but watching through the episode, you could see this subtext of humor going through it, even though this was a guy who was absolutely committed to maintaining power and authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got the gene, even though it's, yeah, yeah. even though I'm dying. It was very funny because, in some ways, it was like science fiction, but in some ways, it was like those old things, like almost like Robin Hood and those old kind of things, the way they were presenting the people to eat, the food, everything, the dresses and stuff. Yeah, it like was that. a court. It was a court. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time dying. in that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But that's great, you know? But, that, that you know, I had a, a good time, again, working with the people were just great, you know? Paul, you know, this again and this stuff, you know? The, uh, the, the production value of the show oh. certainly hadn't decreased by the time again. you moved on to the oh. spinoff. Again, I mean, my God, that's why Stargate ran on so long. I mean, it didn't run. If you, if you put all, you know, somebody should try putting all those things together, right? And so, in the, I mean, how many shows would that be? Can you believe it? I mean, uh, that, I, that, that I would say definitely that would, in the history of yeah. TV, that is probably the most longest running uh, yeah, story. It, it, yeah, the... Um... Uh, for sure, it's definitely up there. I mean, Star yeah. Trek has had like 800 episodes, but I mean, oh, yeah, in yeah. terms of the pantheon of science fiction, you know, it's definitely top five easily. So, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, and it yeah. doesn't get the credit that it deserves because it was made in Canada, you know, and a couple of these other. Oh, things. I know, we used to get it all the time. You know, it's uh, it's science fiction, you know. Um, oh, there are those Canadian bushes again. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. No, but that's okay. You know, it's a. Uh... We, you know, we luck, you know, as a Canadian, I mean, I, that's the lucky thing that happened, right? Up here for us, because we never, I mean, I would never thought I would be in a, a big American type of movie or series or something like that. But the, uh, they, they came up for a while. I forget the, his name. What's his name? He had, um, oh, Donnie did Wise Guy. He did all these films. He was a producer, a, a crazy, crazy guy, you know. And basically, you know, he. I guess he thought she's... You know, I remember telling one producer, listen, I can be as bad as this other guy as an actor. I'll be as bad as that and work for less money. But, you know, it's like now. It's like the same thing was happening. I was filming in Atlanta. And I said, well, you're like, this is, you know, it's, it's, you making movies are expensive. right? Yeah. And you have to go where you have to go to Mexico. Sometimes you have to go to, do, you know, Hungary, whatever it is to try to get these things done. Yeah, you, you have know? to be flexible. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Have you shot since the pandemic? Um, yes. Well, you know, I thought since the pandemic, I thought, well, bye bye. Yeah. That's gone. You know, because theater. I mean, I mean, I do a lot of these do a lot of theater, but right. I'm gonna, and that was closed. Closed. It still is closed. Um, but um, I thought it was over. You know. Definitely. And it was. And as you get older, too, it's hard. The rules aren't there. You know, Goldman's senior, you know, this part, they aren't there. But um, I, so I didn't work for about uh, close to when the pandemic started. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, I got a call. Boom. Because uh, I do some Hallmark stuff, you know, and Hallmark things and like that. Absolutely. Hallmark thing, yeah. I while I was in the midst of the pandemic, I auditioned for this zombie series, you know, and and uh, you know, seven months later, <laughs> I got a call saying that you're you're there, it's on, you're on, you're in it. What what? So in the pandemic, I did two uh, Hallmark movies back to back in September, and uh, then did uh, the series. So I haven't uh, been doing little things doing in the you know, um, it's a different way. The wonderful thing about being in a pandemic. And working in the films is, uh, you know, I was a bit frightened, you know, uh, you know, for my wife, my kids, all that stuff. But um, uh, working on a set was just, it was safer working on a set with, I don't know, 100 people than going to Costco. Yeah, because everything's was, controlled on the set. Everything is controlled. I, you know, we take the, I was taking a COVID test once a week, getting a temperature. You had two doctors on the set making sure, get us mass ups. When I we would all keep the mask on until we shot the scene, and um, it's it's really wonderful how they did that. You know, they were able to get that together. You know, it just proves that you know if you want if you want the work, you're going to make it work. You know, yes. and we're one way or another, we're going to get through this together. We are. Well, it's it's art, right? Yeah, the art it will still keep going. It'll find a way. It you know to cut to come back in any way. Theater that's happening slowly because it's a bit harder, but uh, right. it will. It will because we need it. People think we don't need art. We need the people who clean toilets. We need people that know. You we need, need all of it. You need music. You need everything, right? Yeah. You need everybody. I mean, that's the one problem that I think the world was, and I think this is a real wake up call to all of us. You know, we screwed up with the climates and everything. Now we all got together. We, if we would have all tried to attack this thing together instead of blame people you know, work together on it was, was probably would have been faster, but eventually that started happening anyway. And here we are, the vaccines are here, which I thought was something that we'd never get them and they are here. And uh, we've got these new variances coming, right? So we'll deal with that. And as long as we can continue to be together, you know, work out this together, we'll be a better place. Can you, sh- would you mind sharing a story of Don? Because you, you were lucky enough to, to work with him on a few different occasions. Uh, Don was it? Well, first time I met Don, he was a stand-in for um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dana Elkart. Dana. Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was like his standard. MacGyver. Yeah, back then he would complain about Jay. No, my wife is killing me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he made me buy her a new car. <laughs> and it, you know, that was Don. You know, and that. It, <laughs> We'd see Don at the um, uh, Don at every. I we be up for the same roles, you know. Yeah. Hey Brazo, you're gonna get this, Jay. You know, I can't act myself out of a paper bag, you know. <laughs> Finally, we got to do a movie together. It was just great, and you know, 
it was fantastic seeing him. He was the most gentlest, kindest man in, in the world. And what a, what an actor, you know. Yeah. Real. What a real uh, great student of the world. He was a, a beautiful guy. It was hard. You know, it was probably it was really hard for him when he left Stargate. But he still kept on doing stuff. And um, I saw him about, I think, about four days. I'd seen him. He told me, he said, Day, I just went to the doctor. I'm doing fine. Because he had a heart attack a while back. Mm-hmm. I'm doing fine. Got a clean bill of health. And he met somebody, a new woman, a new woman in my life. He finally divorced. And uh, he was so happy. Ruby. This guy in the world, radiant. And then before I knew, it was like three or four days later. And I, I feel that he had been ripped away from us really ripped away from us and it was really it was really hard you know because um, it's the good people you know when you, you lose them and you know mm-hmm. yeah but, it's... You know, but we're so lucky because he's still alive we can turn on our tv anywhere and there he is it's gone you know absolutely exactly. and that's been how many years now 20 years no it's been a 2008 2008 so 13 years now yeah 13 years now 13 yeah. years it's it really is sad and it's what the same thing is happening you know so many wonderful actors we've lost and people we've lost in in this of all ages yeah. lately in this pandemic just teaches us i think i think i've learned you know more um than ever you know to to make every moment count with everyone that you have because you know it may be you never oh, you, well, ne- tomorrow's never guaranteed oh exactly you know but you have to take this opportunity i mean as i get older uh, uh, I think I became a better actor once I had like, children because it's always a fight in the beginning. I want to do this. I want to be famous. I want to do that. I want to do, that. I want to do everything I can. I got to do this. I want to get it better. No, yeah. Oh, look who got that part. Oh, going to see the play and say, oh, they're crappy. I can do better. You know, me, right. me, 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 me. Right. And then you finally get your children and they don't care. You know, I can't, oh, I can't pick them up now. I can't change the diaper again. Kids there, they don't care what you are, how many awards you have. They're hungry and they want something to eat. They want their diaper changed. And you have to learn to become that, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn that. And for the, a long time, I have to learn that first time having children and they're taking care of them. And my wife was more important than acting, you know. And acting becomes a different thing. It doesn't mean I just do it as, bad as, I, as much as I can and the best possible job. But as the older you get in life, it's just, uh, you know, like recently when I thought it was gone, I thought, well, it's gone. And you have to face those kind of things, you know, mm-hmm. like a runner who loses a leg, you know, it's, you know, and that's okay. Because I've had more, I've been given more than more people have in, in life, you know, out of my, my time. So if it leaves tomorrow, I'm okay, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because you change those little things, you know. You know, back to the 70s, I was trying to find out what the world was all about, you know, and you're listening to music, you're playing guitars, playing guitar, you know, and stuff like that and singing those protest songs and everything. You know, when you get to be older, it's kind of the same kind of thing. What's it all about, Alfie, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Again, right, you know? You're going through that again and you learn to accept that where you are, you know, it's, you know, if I die tomorrow, it's it's okay, you know? You've done you've done some good work for sure. Eva uh, Lipinska wanted to know what was it like to work with Rob Cooper's uh, Unspeakable. Um, a lot of fellow Stargate actors there in Unspeakable. That that oh. was a powerful miniseries. Oh yes, it was. It was. It was a, 
And it was interesting too, because a lot of what we said was exactly the same, the same um, things that people said, you know, it was one of those things you can't figure out why did that have to happen? You know, it's the kind of things were politics and things, you know, all the stuff I never knew that I never knew blood was a commodity on the exchange and things like that. And that was being sold as money and things like this. And that was a thing that was done of love. Rob, I believe himself was sick, wasn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. was it Rob? Yeah, it was, was it was drawn from our personal experience, this uh, story. Yeah. Yes. And uh, uh, so it, it was something he always wanted to do to get the story out. And, uh, yeah, he did it, and it was a, a real pleasure. Back to the, you know, it was great. Lorraine, sometimes you, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, please. Sometimes you feel like you do can do some, yeah, you can do, and you, you can, you know, by doing. A, I try to do a lot of uh, independent films, smaller films, uh, and uh, for no money, you know, you do money, and then of course, if something does well, then uh, you get a little kind of money back, and everything. right. But it's not about the money. It's about it's about the goods of story, and you want to pass it on, and you want to. You need the independent films now. Uh, I mean, when I grew up, there were all these movie theaters, and at every movie theater was a different movie, and now, it was all those movie theaters, twenty two hundred more movie theaters, and they're all showing the same six movies. Right. Right. You know, so uh, these independent films are so important to be done with money. Sometimes money can ruin a good film, you know. Oh, agreed completely. You can you can throw so much money at something. It'll look fantastic, but it has no substance. I've seen on on, on Netflix a few science fiction films that were no science fiction film, but with no money. And you and that and had strong actors and a story. It's all about story, isn't it? story getting a good story you know you can throw money all the money that you have at a certain movie you know mm-hmm. i remember seeing this film called mother a while back you've seen the mother oh it drove me nuts i wanted to get out of the theater it, because it just got worse and worse and they just threw more money and more money at it and uh, i was so angry because i thought geez you could have had like you know 200 films independent films right for that with this budget Jeez, yeah, you know, not not every not every one of these is a home run, you know. Sometimes, oh, yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Lorraine Black, um, did you like being in Highlander? I wanted to see Commissioner Kaminsky discover the world of the immortals. Loved you in so oh. many shows. Well, that's an interesting thing because I got fired from it. <laughs> oh, I re- walked in. I replaced somebody, and then uh, I went in, and I did uh, two shows. And um, uh, it was great. Even on the second show, we did something like 15 pages in half a day. And there were the other producers were so happy. There was one producer because sometimes um, the producer wanted to be a star. And it was, um, no, I was replaced by somebody who took a friend who took my place, uh, who he got fired. And somebody else took his place who was a friend of somebody's, you know. So it's all politics sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah there's politics um, wherever I, you go. The time I was there and the actor, the directors of, I, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you, people don't like you or what. This person, you know, I forget what she said. She said, I looked more like a rabbi than I did her, um, in the, than the cop, you know. So, but you can't battle that, Dan. And it's their bat and ball, right? So you do your best, right? Yeah. You, th- you take you have a couple of bad days, but then 
you realize somebody came to us, you know, Jay, you were about the 10th person fired from that, the crew, everybody else, different things like that, you know, it happens. And um, that woman herself was hired, fired, I think, after that first season. And uh, it, it had really good, to, after that went really well, you know. Jim Burns, things like that. It was, a, it was a great, great show. Another great show, you know. In fact, I still meet some people from there. Everyone saw the, uh, the a fella from, um, uh, who, um, who's uh, in the Navy. And he comes back every once in a while to Vancouver. And he does little trips for people who want to visit the sets and things like that. And I was hop by and do a little talk to him and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's nice to have that in your life. It's nice to have Stargate. It's nice to have, it's nice to have it's chicken soup thing and to share that with other people to sit down, you know? Yeah. It's absolutely. like, it's like, you know, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, right? <laughs> I have you played? People, you can play that game for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> No, I never. I'm like, I'm not like this. It's like my son say, we, well, we always want to play, I play Scrabble. No, no, we want to play something else. Okay, we'll play. Then they get these new games. Because uh, they, they, there's so much games in, that they sell in, in Vancouver here. And uh, it takes them about two and a half hours to set up the game. That's true. <laughs> By that time, I'm asleep, you know. <laughs> I'm just like the old stuff, you know, and I like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it always works. You know? yeah. But, uh, you know, checkers, right? shoots a lot it's it's, uh, interesting and to to meet people yeah yeah yeah, exactly i mean it is really nice to be able to meet your public and to talk to them and to say them to say uh you know i really like the show i really like the character they and it gives me a chance to say thank you so much for watching and thanks you know because without them without you guys you know it it wouldn't have been nowhere where it is it's the fans you know they make us better you know Better. <laughs> better. 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 <laughs> well, Jay, this has been such a treat. Uh, I've wanted to oh. meet you for a long time and have you on the show. And um, it, uh, uh, this, this, was, this was terrific. So I really appreciate you taking the time. And we're losing uh, him again. Are you there? Uh, anytime. Uh, I, I, you know... You guys are great. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, I can. Go ahead. Oh, great, great. Yeah, anytime. Because, uh, like I said, you know, having you guys be able to sit down and you know have a little talk with you guys every once in a while is great. You know, so absolutely. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, Star Trek Gate will be back. You know, Brad's working on back. something, so it's entirely possible we will see oh, you yeah. again. Harlan returns. You know, I will be down <laughs> for it. <laughs> exactly. Shave that beard. You take okay. care of yourself. Okay. Thank you so much, Jake. I'm trying to you. You be well. Bye-bye now. Be well, sir. Bye-bye. Jay Brizzo, everyone. Harlan and the Lord Protector from Stargate. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry about the the little bit of delay. Sometimes that happens, you know. That's just a... Oh, yeah. At least, you know, in the circumstances like we've been dealing with for the past... uh, uh, year at least we have uh, a situation where we can all uh, come together and uh, online and, and enjoy one another so big thanks to Jay for taking the time we have a giveaway for the month of April 
Dial the Gate has partnered with Big J Customs to give you a chance to get your very own custom pop figure. To enter to win these items, you need to use a desktop or a laptop computer and visit dialthegate.com and scroll down to submit trivia questions. Your trivia may be used in a future episode of Dial the Gate, either for our monthly trivia night or for a special guest to ask me in a round of trivia. Keep in mind the submission form does not currently work for mobile devices. Your trivia must be received before May the 1st, and if you're the lucky winner, I'll be notifying you via your email to get your address. Be sure to check out our partner's website for more Stargate-related merchandise at BigJCustomsArt.com. If you really enjoy the program, please consider clicking that like button. It does make a difference with YouTube's algorithm, and sharing it with another Stargate fan helps us grow even further. If you want to subscribe to future content and click the bell icon for notifications for uh, uh, upcoming episodes, please please do that. Support the show. I really appreciate it. We recently cracked 10,000 subscribers and we're going to see what happens next. So my uh, utmost thanks to Jay Brizzo for joining us for this episode. David Hewlett's going to be joining us in one hour. I hope to uh, uh, see you there at just uh, not too long from now. And uh, he will be taking your questions and hanging out with us. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo designed by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. Dial the Gate.